Hello, and welcome to the Age Space podcast that gives you ideas, inspiration, and thoughts on anything to do with elderly care. I'm Annabelle James, and I founded agespace.org, which is a one-stop online resource for anyone anxious about or caring for elderly relatives. And once again, I'm really pleased to be joined by Jason Butler, our in-house and very own finance guru. How are you, Jason? I'm good. Um, I'm not sure about guru, but uh, it's certainly uh, good to be here. So today we're going to be talking about benefits and funding that's available through the local authority and the state. It is all quite complicated, which I think is really what makes people's heads spin. But we're going to try and break it down and make it a bit easier. Jason, what's your particular... Do you have any particular views on benefits? Well, what actually blew me away was this statistic that there are three and a half billion pounds of unclaimed state benefit entitlements each year. Terrifying, isn't it? Three and a half billion pounds. That is a lot of money. Yeah. And I think there is a potential problem that quite a lot of older people and the people who advocate and help and supervise and assist them aren't aware of what they're entitled to. And so there I mean we're not going to do a kind of complete A to Z of benefits because we'll be here forever, but but just want I wanted to just touch on the, the classic low hanging fruit, the the easy wins that people can and should be aware of. And even if they don't need them at the moment or don't qualify for them, to be aware and have them on their radar. And I think that the big sleeping giant is attendance allowance, as I understand it, isn't it? Yeah, well, actually, before attendance allowance, there's pension credit, because if you haven't got the full entitlement to state pension, the government will top your pension income up um, to varying levels, but to bring your income up to a bit more than it would have been based on your credit on your national insurance record. And again, it's just something you have to apply for, and that can make the difference. If you get another 20 or £30 pounds a week, that can make a massive difference to someone on a low income. Mm. Um, and just particularly if you have a cold winter, uh, you get cold winter payments automatically over certain ages, but that can make a big difference psychologically to people who are who are struggling. So pension credit is well worth looking at if you're over state pension age and you're, you haven't got a full record and you haven't got your full amount. So you can apply for that on uh, gov.uk. Yeah, attendance allowance. So um, what's your understanding of attendance allowance? And- well, as I understand it, it's, it's not means tested. And it's for anybody aged over 65 who needs help and support uh, at home or in a care home. Uh, so it is one of those benefits that is applicable to pretty much everybody who might who needs more help. Yes, and there's two levels. There's the lower level and the higher level. And the lower level is easier to get. It's about 58 quid a, a week and the higher level is about 87. So it's, it's a varying level. So it, you might have very mild health issues and needs and still qualify for the lower level, £58 a, a week. The thing, though, is that if you don't have a terminal illness or rather a prognosis of um, a terminal illness, then you have to wait for six months before you can claim. You have to have had that condition for a six-month period. Um, but if you've got a diagnosis of a terminal illness, you can get the benefit immediately. Okay. Now, terminal, let me just talk about this idea of terminal. My father-in-law was diagnosed when he was 66 with stomach cancer and he had an operation and we applied for attendance allowance and he got the higher level immediately. He lived until last September and he died at the age of 87 of various other complications. He was receiving that benefit because he, he was obviously undergoing treatment on and off for years 
Um, but he still lived a full life, and it did make a big difference to him. It did make the ability for him to have a, a breakaway somewhere or to, to do something different or have trips out and, and make mm. his quality of life better. But at the time he claimed, he was given a terminal diagnosis. So terminal doesn't necessarily mean terminal because, you know, these doctors are clever people. They come up with new ways of doing things. Absolutely. There's another thing you need to understand about attendance allowance because what it actually does is it potentially opens the door for another wonderful benefit, which is often underclaimed, and that's called carer's allowance. So if someone is receiving attendance allowance, or indeed they're receiving another type of disability benefit, so disability living allowance or personal independence payments, then that may qualify the person who is spending time supervising, caring, looking after the person who's receiving that benefit. That person who's doing the caring can potentially claim carer's allowance. And it's worth having because it's over £66 a week. So there's a couple of qualifications that you need to be aware of in order to be able to claim carer's allowance. One, you must be caring for the person who's receiving the disability benefits or the attendance allowance at least 35 hours a week. But you don't have to live with them and you don't need to be re re um, related to them. And it doesn't take long, you know, caring could be everything from shopping, cleaning the house, taking the person out for trips, to the shops, etc. So it doesn't take long for 35 hours to build up. The other thing is that the person who's doing the caring and making that claim for carer's allowance mustn't earn over a certain amount. And at the moment, that is £123 a week. But you that's after you deduct certain things like pension contributions you might have made. You can deduct half of your pension contributions. Okay. So you could do a part-time job and care for your elderly relative or friend. As long as they're getting a tenant's allowance or one of the dis disability benefits, you will then qualify to get carer's allowance. If you d don't qualify for carer's allowance, you can possibly get, because say you might be working and earning more than £123 a week, you can claim carer's credit. And carer's credit, what that does is that qualifies you for state pension benefits as if you are working as a full-time employee. So even though they don't give you the cash, they're, you're accumulating your own state pension just like you were if you were claiming child benefit or something. So that's well worth having, really, really, really useful. Definitely, and in fact, I was talking to somebody the other day who uh, they, their mother gets attendance allowance and they took them quite a long time to sort of work up to applying for it because they didn't know that they could and all that stuff. And she said it's been really brilliant because she's her mum's carer and actually their 60 odd quid a week enables them now to get a carer in a couple of afternoons a week so my friend can go off and do other things and get a bit of a break. So how you choose to spend that money is is entirely up to you, presumably, once you've got it. Yeah, it comes into your bank account. Mm. You can have it pay weekly, four-weekly, monthly, um, whatever suits you. Um, and my mother-in-law gets it, and it really makes a difference that she's got, just got that little extra um, to get ahead. And, you know, it gives people a bit more choice and more dignity. So well worth doing. And there's a great website, if you're not sure that's well worth looking at called Entitled To, uh, which we'll put in the show notes. Um, and it's a really simple online system where you can just, it asks you various questions and it just gives you an idea of whether you're likely to qualify for those benefits. Brilliant, thank you. So universal credit is the new overarching way of receiving benefits. It seems awfully complicated again. Are there, does it have particular ramifications for 
the allowances that we've spoken about? Yeah, I mean, universal credit is just this this um, name to give you one overall payment that's made up of different components, okay? Um, and it's designed for people who are working age. If you're getting universal credit at the moment and you are caring for someone else but not getting paid for that, you may get the care component premium and, and your universal credit payment may go up. Well worth looking at. Now you've talked about some of the other benefits available and I gather there's something around council tax that people don't really know about. Basically, anyone who lives at home, if there's one adult in a home, then you normally qualify for a 25% reduction in council tax. And what people aren't aware of, though, is if you are sharing a home with someone who has dementia, any form of dementia, even though there's two adults, you normally also qualify for at least 25% discount, and in some cases, 50% discount, depending on the local authority. So if you're caring for someone with, with a, any form of dementia and you're sharing the home with them, you would normally still get at least a 25% discount. And on a band C or D house, that can be quite a lot of money, three or four hundred pounds, depending on where you are in the country. So you approach your local authority, uh, you can normally either do it online or there's a simple form you can do or you can pop into their offices and do it and it doesn't take long at all. I've done it for my my mother-in-law and she gets the 25% discount um, and she got it backdated as well to when she um, when she should have qualified for it. That's amazing. Um, presumably you need to be diagnosed with dementia so you need to have something from the GP. Yes, uh, yeah, the, the, each local authority's got their own kind of quirk, but what they want to see is 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 evident. They would normally write to the dot to the GP, yep. and they would ask for confirmation that she both lives there with you and that obviously um, what uh, his or her problem is um, and that they have got, you know, permanent dementia. It's not just a mild neurological problem. Um, and then you get the discount. So well worth looking into. Is there anything else sort of down behind the sofa or that we need to, to think about in terms of the state benefits? The main thing is to make sure that whether you are claiming for the older person or you're claiming in your capacity as a carer or even as a, just a, someone on a modest income who's trying to get by, make sure that you check the Entitled To website, which we've given at the, uh, the show notes, and just see what you're entitled to. And don't assume that because you weren't entitled a year ago that you're not entitled to now. The rules are changing all the time and your circumstances are. But say you spent a day applying, trying, you know, to get it. It's it's like earning money, isn't it? If, if, you're, if you're successful, it could be very remunerative for you. So that's great. So things like Entitled and Beacon and everybody's got a website. But, you know, people like my dad, you know, he's not very good on the internet. Um... Are there other other ways of accessing the help that people can need? Can you actually speak to somebody? Can you go and see somebody? Yeah, the Citizens Advice Bureau um, are all around the UK and they have specialist money counsellors, people who can help you whether you've got debt issues or you're trying to claim benefits or you're trying to navigate your way through um, claiming something. Whatever it is, the Citizens Advice Bureau have got people who can help you and it's free of charge. You might have to wait a few weeks to get an appointment, but they've got real people who will sit down and help you get what you're entitled to. There are also a number of charities out there um, that will help 
uh, different people. I know there's independent age. I, I know they go out in the community and help people, uh, Age UK. But I think Citizens Advice Bureau would be my first port of call for just a general help. Thank you so much, Jason. I feel slightly clearer in my mind about the funding that's available. Um, and thank you for listening to the Age Space podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please rate and review us. And we will be back with more stories and information on all things to do with elderly care. Thank you. Thank you.